Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat Extinct Edition. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we're going to be talking about the Megalodon. Um, so the Megalodon, I'm sure all of us have heard and or seen of it. Um, it's very popular in mm. pop culture today. Um, but Megalodon, its scientific name is Carcar... Oh, I can't even pronounce Carcaracles. it. Yes. Um, Carcaracles Megalodon, um, which actually means Big Tooth Glorious Shark. Yeah. And you can probably guess why it's called that. As you see, there's some like jaw pictures that we have up of some jaws that we found. Um, so it's has that full name, the Big Tooth Glorious Shark, but obviously now it's known simply as the Megalodon. Um, it's important to note, though, that the shortened version, version is also na the name of a genus of clams and can be cause for confusion in within the scientific community when uh, you're not specific in talking about ocean creatures. Somebody in the, the scientific community might get a little confused about that. Um, so like I mentioned, it is very relevant in pop culture today. Um, when it lived, it was uh, lived 23 to 3.6 million years ago. Mm. Um, sharks first appeared in the fossil record about 420 million years ago. Um, and this is a time when the actual uh, fishes in the ocean began to evolve. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of people, I've seen that it's kind of a meme recently where people talk about like how sharks are older than trees. Yes. Sharks have been on the earth longer than trees have. So yeah, as Julie mentioned, the first shark appears in the fossil record 420 million years ago. And then we didn't get the megalodon until about 23 million years ago. Then as for where it lived, um, it probably lived in almost nearly every corner of the ocean. Uh, wherever there was food to be found, that's where the megalodon was. It lived in most regions, uh, except most likely near the poles because there wouldn't be as much food there. While juveniles would probably keep to the shores, adults preferred the coastal areas, um, but could move into the open ocean. The most northern fossils are found off the coast of Denmark, and the most southern are found in New Zealand. Uh, like the modern-day bull shark, uh, megalodons gave birth in specific nursery habitats that included protected bays and estuaries. And these locations provided the shark pups with plenty of fish and a safe environment to grow away from the larger predators of the open ocean and offshore zones. Um, and scientists have discovered megalodon nursery habitats in Panama, Maryland, the Canary Islands, and Florida. And then as for some uh, physical characteristics, um, it has a very powerful jaw that's full of teeth. Like yeah. we said in the pictures, mm. you can see. Mm. Um, and it's as big, the teeth itself are as big as an adult human hand. Um, I think some of the largest we found have been up to seven or eight inches. Um, so it is as big as your palm in your hand. Um, and like other sharks, they had streamlined yet very powerful bodies. Um, and it was built to cut through the water. Uh, their tail fin undulated side to side and they breathe through gill slits on either side of their head, just like modern day sharks do. Um, and like other elasmobranchs, uh, which is a group of fishes that includes sharks, rays, and skates, uh, they have skeletons mostly made of cartilage. Mm. Um, and this is also the reason why the only things we find are their teeth. It's because they don't have uh, bones, like mm. like dinosaurs that we find. Mm. Uh, we have to judge size and things like that off their teeth um, and their jaws that we mm. find. Um, and sorry, I lost mm. my uh, spot here. Um, it's very difficult for cartila uh, cartilage to fossilize. Mm. Um, so much that we know what comes from their teeth um, and fossilized poop. So this is the two things that help us uh, determine the different characteristics of megalodons. Yeah. yeah, and then the other big thing that we use, similar with like other extinct animals, when all we have is the skeleton, we also go off of modern uh, versions. So like there, we have plenty of sharks around today. 
So I'm sure in like the pictures or you've seen anything in pop culture, it almost looks kind of like a big great white. That's kind of what they depicted it as just because we believe it's the most similar, similar jaws. So it's probably uh, a similar build of that streamlined kind of predator build that they have. Uh, every shark, uh, or and well, the, the last thing also, so modern research shows that the Megalodon is actually most closely related to Mako sharks, not to the great white. Um, but if you look at Mako sharks, Mako sharks almost kind of look like a smaller great white, but the Megalodon is more closely related to those Mako sharks. And every shark, including the Megalodon, has several rows of teeth lining its jaws. Uh, unlike people who have a limited number of teeth in their lifetime, sharks will constantly shed their teeth and replace them with new ones. So a shark can lose and replace thousands of teeth in its lifetime. Megalodon teeth are no different, and their teeth can be found scattered on coastal beaches or just offshore, and they are especially large, as Julia said, they can reach over seven inches in vertical height. And then as for their diet, um, their diet it consisted of pretty much anything it could get its uh, teeth around, if yeah. you will. Um, so they could eat uh, bigger things like tooth embalming whales, but they also ate things like seals, sea cows, and sea turtles. Mm. Um, it was an opportunistic hunter, so it likely ate fish and other sharks as well. Mm. Uh, many whale fossils have distinct gashes from megalodon teeth, mm. and sometimes an entire megalodon tooth is actually found embedded in whale bones. And scientists calculate that a bite from a megalod megalodon jaw could generate forces up to 40,000 pounds, mm. which would make it the strongest bite in the entire animal kingdom. Yeah. And as, like I said, as you can see in some pictures, it is estimated the jaws can be as wide as six to 10 feet across. In this picture, especially, you can see a hand on the jaws to get an idea of how big an adult person looks next to these jaws. Or, and these jaws are just absolutely massive. And it is through these teeth marks uh, on other, on uh, uh, the fossils of other whales and whatnot that scientists are able to determine a megalodon's feeding behavior. It is believed that larger prey, like small whales, were struck in the chest. So these megalodons were massive. And so it believes that these whales were struck in the chest and the robust megalodon teeth it were able to puncture through the thick through their tough ribs. And conversely, they likely rammed smaller prey with their snouts to kind of stun them before actually biting and eating them. And then as for its size, which is probably the most remarkable part about this creature, um, First off, I just want to say pop culture, um, like many other animals we talked about, it kind of upscales the size of a Absolutely. megalodon. Um, it's not the size of a cruise ship. Um, it can't swallow a, f a boat hole. Mm. Um, the maximum size that um, is estimated is they can grow about 60 feet long, mm. which is still three times the size of modern day great white mm. sharks. Um, and they can weigh up to 50 tons. Now, the females uh, are usually bigger than the males, averaging 44 to 56 feet, while the males only average 34 to 37 feet. Um, and again, due to the lack of the uh, cartilage fossils, the size estimates are based upon known relationships between the tooth size and shark body length, as well as modern-day sharks that we see. Yep. And because of that size, as you can imagine, the megalodon is the largest shark to have ever lived. No, no there are no other sharks that are really rival that. But yes, the megalodon was the largest shark to have ever lived, just not as large as some pop culture might make it seem. And then getting into its extinction. Um, so a fish or a shark being that big requires a lot of food. Um, around 2.6 million years ago, around the time when the megalodon disappears from the fossil record, large mammals in the ocean were undergoing significant changes in response to a changing climate. 
So at the beginning of the Miocene, which is a period in time, so at the beginning of the Miocene, marine mammals were at the height of their diversity and abundance, especially the Megalodon's favorite prey, small whales. But later, during the Pliocene, there was a drop in ocean temperatures that contributed to the Megalodon's demise. So as uh, we, the height of the Miocene, we see a ton of what would be the Megalodon's food source. Then all of a sudden, the food source plummets, so therefore... Megalodons don't get enough food. They can't keep uh, eating the, what they're eating and slowly their population uh, will dwindle. And then for much of the Cenozoic era, a seaway existed between the Pacific and the Caribbean that allowed for water and, uh, for water and species to move between the two ocean basins. Uh, Pacific waters filled with nutrients easily flowed into the Atlantic and helped sustain high levels of diversity there. And that all changed when the Pacific tectonic plate butted up against the Caribbean and South American plates during the Pliocene, and the Isthmus of Panama began to take shape. This tectonic um, collision caused volcanic activity in the formation of mountains that stretched from North to South America. And then as this happened, the Caribbean was cut off from the Pacific, the Atlantic Ocean. Um, it became saltier, and then the Gulf Stream strengthened and propelled warm water from the equator um, up into the north. So today the salty waters of the Atlantic is a major engine for global ocean circulation. Mm -hmm. Ecosystems too reacted to the closure of the seaway. Mm -hmm. um, so um, cordoned off from the nutrient uh, rich waters of the Pacific, Caribbean species needed to adapt. The barrier led to the creation of pairs of related species, such as the Pacific Goliath grouper and the Atlantic uh, Goliath grouper. Mm -hmm. But other species didn't um, react so well to this change. So it's likely that the giant megalodon was unable to sustain its massive body size due to these changes of the loss of prey, and then eventually it went extinct. Yeah. And then I kind of touched on this earlier, talking about the uh, mako sharks. Uh, but as for like the ancestor, the ancestry of megalodons, uh, the megalodon is a member of the lineage of lamnoid sharks or lamniforms, uh, which also include the great white, the mako, and thresher sharks, among others. But those are going to be the big ones. And if you look at those three sharks, you can definitely see uh, some similarities. We've done a thresher shark before on here, and thresher sharks they look like great whites, just with they're slimmer and have long tails. Mm -hmm. um, and this lineage can be traced all the way back to the Cretaceous period, so back when dinosaurs were around. And for a long time, scientists believed the megalodon's closest relative was the great white shark. Uh, in fact, the two species likely even lived at the same time. Um, modern scientific studies have shown that the megalodon was actually more closely related to an ancestor of mako sharks, uh, which were smaller but faster fish-eating sharks. Um, and then as for the question, which is still around today, um, are megalodons still alive? Do they still exist? They do not. Um, the sharks would leave telltale bite marks on other large marine animals, and their huge teeth would continue littering the ocean floors, um, and as well as coming up on beaches in the tens of thousands. Um, not, not to mention that as a warm water species, Megalodon would not be able to survive in the cold waters of the deep, um, which is where it would have a better chance of going unnoticed. Um, so I know there's a bunch of, you know, TV shows and movies about the, all this, um, but short answer is it is impossible for it to be alive and we would not know about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that wraps up everything we have on the Megalodon. I know this is one that a lot of people already know about, but there's still, I feel like there's a lot of information that you can learn about, especially learning about the history of the world and uh, how 
uh, species have come and gone throughout its history. Uh, but thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. Be sure to tune in next month for the next extinct episode where we will be talking about the Therizinosaurus.